Thank you so very much for joining us once again for another episode, another podcast uh, here at Region 19. Uh, we strive to uh, engage you with some interesting topics that are relevant to uh, our educators, that are relevant to our parents. Uh, and so uh, in this particular segment, uh, I am uh, very honored and pleased to have an author and an illustrator. And I'm going to go ahead and ask them to introduce themselves to you. Hi, I'm Megan O'Toole-Pitts, the author. I'm Ashton Kaylee, the illustrator. Thank you very much. And so what did they write and what they uh, draw about, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Carmelita is a very interesting book uh, that really uh, provides us with some very important historical context uh, that is based here in El Paso. And so I think it is a, a very important story uh, that tells us, uh, you know, about the uh, events that happened around that time, uh, events that perhaps may even be relevant today, right? And so uh, I think there's a lot of relevance here that will be of great interest to teachers. Uh, if you're engaged with uh, history, teaching history, uh, teaching language arts, uh, Mexican-American studies, uh, this uh, book, uh, Carmelita, is definitely something that you might want to consider uh, looking into. Uh, myself, I, uh, I started my career as an educator, uh, as a teacher of history. So I taught 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Uh, and as I taught history, it was something that was, has always been interesting to me from, you know, when I was a young person. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with uh, a teacher that I experienced in seventh grade, uh, that teacher, uh, Miss Karen Young, uh, in in Van Horn, Texas, uh, really compelled me uh, in terms of uh, growing my interest in in terms of history, uh, and she presented in such a way that it was engaging. Uh, it uh, definitely uh, became one of my callings that, that drove me to become a teacher. Uh, later on, I became a bilingual teacher. And so when I see this book, and it's written in both English and in Spanish, uh, that is another you know, uh, key way of engaging a larger uh, audience, uh, a an audience uh, you know, that uh, is very uh, near and dear to our heart here in our borderland community, because Spanish and English are so uh, interwoven you know, that sometimes we uh, code switch in both languages. We do that translanguaging. Donde estamos hablando en inglés y de repente we switch over to English, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, starting with you, Megan, mm -hmm. uh, tell us what um, inspired you to write about Carmelita. So I discovered the story of uh, Carmelita and the 1917 bath riots in 2019 mm -hmm. when I read uh, David Dorado Romo's book, uh, Ringside Seat to a Revolution. It's uh, it's like a more or less like a collegiate textbook. It's very large. It's like 350 pages, some somewhere around 300 pages, um, and um, just a small portion of that, about one page, is dedicated to the 1917 bath rides and Carmelita Torres. Um, but that was enough to spark my interest. I was stunned. I was stunned that these were true events that I was not made aware of until I was already in my 30s. And I grew up here. You know what I mean? This happened in our backyard. And um, I was stunned and outraged, honestly, um, that it was a piece of history that had been buried for so long. I've talked to teachers and even collegiate professors 
who told me they had no idea. So um, it's a generational thing. Like for generations, it's been buried so that not even, it's not that the teachers are keeping it from us, it's that the teachers were not even taught about these events. I myself was not taught about these events uh, when I was a student. Uh, An interesting anecdote is that uh, my father, uh, who was a bracero, coming to Mexico uh, to to the United States from Mexico, he came in the 1950s, and one of the things that he shared was the experience of uh, being sprayed, uh, you know, deliced, right? And when he told me that, I was shocked, uh, and actually, I honestly didn't believe him. I thought, uh, no, that can't happen. That that's mm-hmm. not a possibility. It wasn't until later, uh, when I was uh, at UT El Paso, I took a Mexican American uh, history course, mm-hmm. uh, and it was there, you know, that I did get exposed to a lot of truths that my father told me about when I was a kid. But and he's like, I told you, yeah, exactly. So in college, you know, there's a doctoral, you know, professor telling me about things that my father who only had six years of education. Mm-hmm. But it's because he lived it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the power of the lived experience uh-huh. uh, here in the borderland, I think there's so much for us to learn even more about. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, as you think about um, the story and uh, you know what it means to you as an author, uh-huh. uh, what are some key uh, reflections that you have to share with teachers in terms of how do we inspire our students? How do we inspire them to become writers? Because they have so much to say. They have their own life experiences. They have their own uh, traditional experiences from their own families. Mm -hmm. And we live in a bicultural community. Yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, Yeah. Um, I think if I can write, then anybody can most definitely write and publish. Um, I have learning disabilities, so I was in uh, special education classes when I was in grade school. And so reading and writing was difficult for me. But just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's impossible. That's right. You know what I mean? And um, it's just about putting yourself out there. The scariest thing is just your own insecurity, to be honest. Like, can I do this? Are people going to be receptive? Is it going to work? Am I going to mess it up? Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to put all those things to the side, and maybe you will mess up. Maybe you'll have an error in the book, or but it's all about learning, and that's how I actually learned by doing. Like I could not have read a book about publishing and then published. I that's just not how I learn. I have to do it. Yeah, and um, I think students could probably relate to that too. There's lots of different learning styles, and and that's one of them. Just learn by doing. I think one of the uh, things that you just uh, alluded to is that productive struggle. Uh, you know, the only way that we can learn is if we're actually struggling through something that we don't understand. And a lot of things uh, in our classrooms, uh, I know as a student, when I felt insecure about my language, about, you know, what I knew and didn't know, uh, it stopped me from asking questions. It stopped me from participating. Uh, and so, yeah, and so I think it's very important, uh, you know, a key thing for us as teachers to remember is that, you know, our kids, all our kids, bring great background knowledge, great background experiences uh, that we just need to connect with. Uh, you know, finding a way to really value and honor 
uh, their journey as a learner. Uh, and, and also students, I think we need to be more intentional with the way that we communicate with our students. Uh, and I love the way that you put it in terms of, you know, the only way for me to learn was to actually do it. Uh, how do we help our students uh, develop that courage, right? And I think as teachers, uh, it is very important for us to keep that in mind uh, because there are some shy students. I was very shy, by the way. Uh, I was the one that I had a fear of public speaking. Now I'm speaking in front of a, an audience of 200, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's a journey. And, and I think it's important for us to uh, verbalize that with our kids, our students, to let them know, hey, you know what? It's okay to be imperfect. You know, it, we are all a work in progress, right? But then also how we say it as teachers makes a big difference. Uh, so I went to journalism school, and there is a, a journalistic saying that stuck with me, and I take it with me everywhere, is I don't want it perfect, I want it Tuesday. And that's a saying in journalism, meaning don't get hung up on every little mistake you think you might be making just write it complete it and whatever mistakes can be edited later don't get hung up like oh I can't even turn it in you know because it's not ready no turn it in you know um flesh it out and and publish it and then if there's mistakes there's mistakes and you learn from them you know that's a great insight uh in terms of uh, the editing process you know uh when we submit something uh that is imperfect it's okay because, you know, you have colleagues, you know, that will look at it uh, in class. You know, students have each other, uh, other classmates. They also have the teacher. And let's talk about this writing. You know, how can we make it better? Uh, and it's okay that it is not a perfect paper. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you did it. You submitted it. Now let's go ahead and move forward and, and make it a little bit better, right? So it's, it's a, a work in progress for all of us. How did you have the confidence to start to start doing your art? Um, I was also very, very shy. <laughs> um, so I think that was my way of communicating as well. I just always, I took to it real early. That was what I was known for, not talking or doing yeah. and everything else, but um, drawing. And it, it is hard uh, putting it out there, especially in a more professional sense. I went to school for art, but I did not actually really pursue it professionally until much later, I did a lot of retail work, managing stores, something. Um, but I was always doing the art on the side. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't quit it. And despite being confident, I just put it on anyways. And it's the same way. Iteration is key. Um, editing and fine tuning. That's the only way to make any quality work, I think, because it's very rare that you produce something ready to go out the door. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, work. yeah, th those visuals that you develop with your artistic uh, creativity, they themselves tell a story. Mm -hmm. You know, it just gives us a little bit more connection to the main character. Mm -hmm. It gives us uh, those connections to the historical time period. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're very vivid. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's one of the things that even before I dove into the content and I just took a look at the cover of the book, mm -hmm. uh, that already told me about, whoa, this is going to be a, an engaging mm -hmm. story that I'm about to read. Mm -hmm. um, why did you choose to uh, make this in both English and Spanish? Uh, because I actually want children both in El Paso and Juarez to know about her, know about these events, and grow up looking up to her and having her as a hero. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, we are one community in El Paso and Ciudad Juarez. Right? Uh, so definitely, it's a story that's relevant to both. And the story is an El Paso Juarez story because Carmelita was from Juarez and she was encountering this mistreatment in El Paso. And and she spoke up. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's the truly remarkable part about her. She was only 17 years old. And what I find really remarkable is that, especially as women, it's hard to say no. I think society teaches us to be polite a lot. And so it's hard to say no, um, especially to an authority figure like a police officer or an immigration officer. And she had the fortitude to say no. Yes. Um, even as a woman, as a young woman, to an authority figure. Um, and that just blew my mind. I gave me goosebumps right now just talking about it because um, that's remarkable. And I, I could only wish or hope to be that brave at her age in those circumstances. I don't know that I would have been. And that's why I, um, I think she is so remarkable. It, she is a very remarkable uh, woman, a very uh, strong young lady who managed to muster the courage to speak up in under extraordinary circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something uh, that I'm sure will connect with a lot of our students as well. Uh, you know, sometimes our students do experience, uh, you know, moments, uh, you know, when uh, there's bullying uh, taking place. Uh, and it's not about, uh, you know, just silencing yourself or staying silent about what you see. But rather, you know, let's speak up. Let's yeah, absolutely. Together, you know, we can make a difference in speaking up whenever we see injustice taking place. Yeah. Um, so, going back to the illustrations, uh, was there uh, any uh, experiences that you had in uh, grade school, first through twelfth grade, uh, that uh, gave you that avenue? to develop your artistic skills? What were some of those experiences that maybe led to where you are today? Um, so growing up, my mom had told me she was an artist as well, and she's passed away, but she was a big inspiration to me in that sense. She told me really early on that um, you're a professional artist once you sell your work. And in grade school, you do a lot of projects where you have to illustrate things. And the first time I remember being paid that was not family membered uh, was for a book um, writing thing. We had little blank books that we had to il- illustrate and write a story. And I had classmates actually pay me like a quarter of drawing. So uh, that was very um, inspiring to keep going. And I always um, sold after that again. Yeah. Very cheap. It's like little kid stuff, but <laughs> it really kept me going and thinking maybe I could continue doing it. And yeah. I had a lot of iterations of my dreams where it, I will, early on I wanted to work for Disney animation and then comic books and all sorts of different avenues but it was always art based yeah um and it for me it's a way to communicate and where when words fail me illustration is what i lean on a thousand words (laughs) exactly and you know what i think that's so uh, powerful for us as teachers to be reflecting about because we do have a lot of students that learn in different ways Mm -hmm. they uh a lot of them are visual learners uh and in fact that's one of the things that attracted me to history was the National Geographic magazines and the pictures and the captions uh, because I struggled to read. Uh, I was a second language learner and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, struggling to learn English. But, you know, the pictures said a lot of things. And then, of course, art, you know, the art that you have created here to tell a story 
uh, to then align so beautifully with the content that you wrote. Uh, I think those are very important skills that uh, many of our students have, but a lot of times uh, they don't hear that, uh, you know, from us as teachers, you know, uh, because we're so pressured to like, uh, you know, the testing, the scores, uh, you know, you got to get this score and that kind of thing. Uh, but there's other things that that can support us in terms of reaching those high scores. And part of it is finding what is it that makes that student engage. Some of it is going to be that art. Uh, and then collaborating with a great writer, right? And together, you know, leading to a publication. Uh, that uh, publishing process uh, is something that students can experience even in grade school, right? Where they're work gets displayed, right? And, and there's recognition uh, that, that happens. Um, as you were writing uh, about Carmelita, what, what are some of the, um, the thoughts, uh, the writing process, I guess, that you engaged in uh, in order to develop this character into, uh, I mean, she is already a strong character. Uh, history tells us that. But how did you uh, study this uh, uh, young lady uh -huh. uh, to portray her and to give her that vivid, uh, you know, presence uh, in your writing? So I don't know if we were made aware, but before this, I had already done my research because um, I uh, wrote and produced uh, a radio play. Okay. Um, that's a 45-minute radio play. It's on Spotify. It's both. Uh, there's an English version and a Spanish version. And it's a much more detailed, more like adult content. Not that it's R-rated or anything. It's probably more like PG, but um, it's just more fleshed out and more um, to the history. Uh, this is uh, a little bit diluted just because it is for children. It is for a fifth grade reading level. And I just wanted to get kind of one or two things across. The biggest thing I wanted to get across is that when something... Um, the children reading this, the last page, it says when something makes you uncomfortable, anything, um, say something about it. Like, it's okay to stand up for yourself. And that's kind of what I wanted to uh, communicate to the kids with the book. Uh, more so than uh, the horror of the events, but more so that she had the right to stand up for herself. And I'm glad she did stand up for herself like she did. Yes. You know, you just heard here in teacher's terms... Uh, the author's purpose, right? Uh, you know, when we talk about Earth author's purpose, uh, you just described so uh, greatly in terms of, you know, what was uh, your purpose, your intention with telling this story? Uh, and, you know, th there's so much, you know, that, that goes into that process, you know, to uh, tell a good story. Uh, and then, you know, having the illustrations uh, also uh, provide... Uh, that additional uh, visual, uh, you know, so that it motivates the reader uh -huh. to like, wow, I see this great picture. She always illustrated the work for the the forty five minute radio play that's on Spotify. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a color. Um, so another kind of looks like an album cover. When okay, so a great resource, uh, you know, the teacher should be aware of is first of all, this is for fifth grade audience. Yeah, no, the the radio play could be for high school. There you go. Mm -hmm. And so we have theater, right? Mm -hmm. We have theater arts, the fine arts, uh, journalism, 
Uh, and of course, we have history and the English language arts in high school. There's all kinds of connections, you know, where uh, teachers could uh, look up uh, that resource on Spotify uh, in order to uh, add an enhancement to, uh, you know, the topic. Uh, I mean, there's so many topics that could be uh, addressed here, such as bullying, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, immigration, uh, you know, border relationships. Uh, there's, uh, you know, the- also assault. Um, assault is covered in the radio play, but not in the book. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but um, the women who were being deloused um, complained that immigration officers uh, were taking photos of them nude and putting those photos up in saloon bars in El Paso for their entertainment. Um, they made this complaint, but um, authority uh, figures did not listen to them, didn't do anything about it. Um, and so that's the other meaning behind, like, when you feel that something's not right, um, it's okay to say that it's not right and that you don't want to participate. So the power of speaking out, <laughs> uh, the voice uh, of a young lady, uh, you know, really speaking up to uh, an audience of men. Uh, really, because it was made in power, right? Yeah. And so it's important to recognize that uh, that can be another part of the conversation is, you know, that each one of us, no matter how powerless we may seem to uh, be or, you know, what we perceive ourselves to be, right, uh, that we do have a voice. Uh, and through that voice, we speak up and we can make a difference uh, in, in, the li- in our own lives but also in the lives of others as we speak up. So uh, as we uh, continue to think about uh, Carmelita, uh, what are some final thoughts or final reflections that you might have, uh, you know, as an illustrator uh, and as an author in terms of um, key reflections that our audience of teachers should consider in terms of you know, how do we motivate, how do we inspire our kids to be illustrators, to be writers? What are some things that uh, teachers should keep in mind? Well, literally just that, just telling them that. Like, as you were talking, I was thinking about an elementary school teacher I had, um, a special education teacher who, um, even though I had difficulties reading and writing, she saw that I had um, an ability to write, even though it took me longer. Um, and that I had a passion for it, too, because when I was five years old and I learned to write, I told my whole family that's what I'm going to do. Uh, because to me, it was like magic that you could communicate something without opening your mouth, without without speaking, um, and that it could always be there and that it'll be there after you're dead. I was like, that's magic. Yeah. That's pure magic. And so I really attached to that art form. And then I had um, a teacher, actually it was middle school, she told my mother, Make sure she writes a book before she finishes high school. This is many years after high school. But um, just the fact that she felt that I was um, capable of writing a book at like 13 years old uh, meant a lot. And those kind of comments mean a lot to kids. It stays with them well into adulthood. So definitely the the power of the parents' voice, uh, their consejos to the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, inspiring them to be writers. Uh, and then teachers in partnership with parents, you know, uh, parents know their kids best. Uh, and so what is it that parents can tell us about their kid that makes them special, that makes them uh, the person 
uh, with great potential that they have, I think those conversations are important, you know, for teachers to have with parents. Mm -hmm. So uh, what reflections might you share with teachers in terms of uh, the the work that you do as an illustrator? Uh, I kind of just want to come back around uh, and reiterate the importance of like the editing and reiteration process because we get so caught up on that perfectionism that we don't try and or we think that we're not good enough to continue or pursue a career in any given path, whether it be illustration or not. And that's certainly where I got hung up. And uh, I think that falsely, I believed at that time when I was in school, I wasn't good enough then to pursue, but it's a journey. You're never, never arrived. It's always working hard to improve yourself and get better. And how important it is not to compare yourself to your peers and more so to your yesterday you so that yeah. you keep going and improve mm-hmm. upon yourself yeah. um, because everyone's different and everyone has value and uh, can offer something in a different way that I think is worth exploring and pursuing. And Yeah. The, the yesterday us uh, was a different version of ourselves. And, and now look at us and what we're doing today, right? Uh, you know, making an impact uh, in our community, making an impact in our own families, uh, inspiring others, hopefully, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, uncovering their voice. Uh, our students have so much potential. You know, there's so much about them in terms of uh, what they bring to the table. Uh, and and we need to find ways to um, really nurture their voice so that they become leaders, uh, are able to speak for themselves, uh, are able to uh, face the struggle uh, and to be okay with, you know what, this isn't perfect. But it's good enough uh, as I learn, you know, recognizing that I'm in a certain uh, part of my of a continuum uh, on my way to becoming a better version of ourselves. Right. So uh, thank you so much for uh, visiting with us today. Uh, thank you for sharing your insights. Uh, I think that our audience of teachers, uh, this uh, uh, is very beneficial. Uh, it, it makes me think uh, as a teacher of the opportunities I missed uh, when I was in the classroom uh, to really um, bring more pathways, uh, open up more avenues for students that uh, were silent, uh, you know, and the the path of illustration, because illustration speaks a thousand words. And that can be the first step to, you know what, I want to tell a story in writing as well. And so finding that uh, way to inspire kids, motivate them. Uh, Again, thanks again for joining us. And thank you so much for spending a little time with us today as we dove into this uh, key topic. Um, And I I hope this was helpful in um, rethinking some of our practices, uh, but then also uh, affirming some of the practices that we are engaged in. Because there's some great teaching that is going on in our classrooms every single day. And so thank you so much for the work that you are doing to really uplift the trajectory of our students in life and academics and everything else that comes with it. So thank you for the hard work that you do. And we'll see you next time 